0: We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the
1: podcast. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.
2: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast
1: Network. Alex, do you want to be the very best?
0: Uh, sure.
1: Like no one ever was? I mean, I guess. But to catch them is you're going to be your test, and to train them will be your cause. Will you travel across the land?
0: Electra, Diglett, and Menke, Venasar, Radata, Furo, Pidgey, King Jolteon, Dragonite, Gastly, Poeta, Viporeon, Pali, Butterfree, Chum-oh. It only know.
1: works with Gen 1. It only works with Gen 1. I
0: mean, it, there's no rap for the other Gens, right?
1: I know. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work when you have, like, Pokemon that are literally, like, made out of swords and shields. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lost. I'm done. I'm done. Give me Crystal and I'm happy any day. That is possibly the best Pokemon game that there is. Wow,
0: hot take. I don't know if this is part of the actual episode, but that's a hot take.
1: I know, well, it should be. It should be. Well, (laughs) it's your show, so I should let you get on, but, you know, Pokemon's great, Crystal's the best game, okay? Just saying. Just saying.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Archeo Animals, the show supposedly about the archaeology of animal remains, and I've got no idea what's going on today. (laughs) So it's, yes, it's me, Simona Falanga, and with me as usual, it's Alex
0: Fitzpatrick. We have another listener-requested episode today. We are going to be talking about Pokemon, which, I mean, to be fair, if Simona doesn't think she knows anything, I'm a very somewhat new fan So this will be interesting to talk about (laughs) because there's actually a surprising amount of archaeology in Pokemon. So as always, if you've listened to our video game episodes before, we will be talking a bit about the kind of, you know, hypothetical archaeology of some of these Pokemon and, you know going into the lore it'll be a interesting time if assuming we get all of our facts right if not i think there'll be a lot of nerds mad at us i mean bring it (laughs) including my friends and family to be honest maybe before we get into it we should talk about what we actually know about pokemon Sumoto, so like what's your pokemon experience (laughs) (laughs) what are we working with (laughs) what are we working
2: with here my Pokemon experience is that when I was quite young, a stickers album of Pokemon came out, and I asked my mum if she could buy it for me so I could <laughs> learn to draw the Pokemon. But then the album came with some free like stickers, and uh-huh. because I'm I'm not one to leave stuff unfinished, I collected all of the stickers. There you go. So you you, you caught them all basically. <laughs> First gen, you did it. Is what you you call it? First gen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how is that different from you know the the Charles Darwin's? Those who went into the field and did beautiful illustrations of these creatures, right? Same thing. I, mean, I, I, I presume no different at all. Yes, so basically same thing. No, yeah. same thing. So I this is gonna this will make people either feel really young or really old who are listening to this. So Pokemon kind of came to America when I was in kindergarten. (laughs) So I have very vivid memories of being in kindergarten with a Pikachu foam notebook that I used to kind of scribble in. And once I learned how to write, I used to write the names of my best friends in there. (laughs) It's just like pages of who I thought were my best friends, who I probably don't even talk to anymore. And I, I collected the cards, and I watched the anime and the first two films. And then I kind of dropped off. And the last couple of years, I've been playing all the new video games. So, you know, there's like a middle part I don't really know. <laughs> but like the, and the beginning and the end, I'm familiar with. Yeah, I think I just looked it up. So where
2: I'm from, Pokemon was first broadcasted on TV in the year 2000. Oh, wow had some. Yeah, so it was an an older child.
1: (laughs) It's 20 years ago, everybody. It's 20 years ago, and I hate that fact.
2: Uh, Actually, it'll be 21 years ago, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, Getting close on to almost 21.
2: So, Pokemon in Italy can legally drink in the US. Happy
0: birthday, Pokemon in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically in Italy. But yeah, I mean... Interestingly enough, there is like, I guess you'd have to have a lot of lore if you have spanned. I mean, I don't even know what gen we're on now. I think, is it eight or nine, maybe? That might be wrong, but there's a lot, and it is interesting to kind of look at it from an archaeological and zooarchaeological kind of perspective, so... I figured this segment we can kind of talk about the more general lore-based stuff. So even in the first gen, the idea of, you know, ancient Pokemon are pretty important. And they're often tied to the more mythical legendary Pokemon that in the games are like kind of the, the big catch at the end. So you end up having a lot of in-game folklore and artifacts related to ancient Pokemon. The one that I always thought of and kind of thought of when uh, this was requested as an episode was, I think it's either, I can't remember which movie it is. I want to say it's the first one because it makes sense thematically, but I feel like it's actually the second movie, which I think is the second one used Two Strikes Back. I don't know. Anyway, there is a (laughs) higher what <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that's yeah, true yeah we're really <laughs> really doing well at the beginning but yeah there's a hieroglyphic of mew who's that little do you know the l- mew the little tiny pink one he's like number 151 i
1: think in the pokedex he says mew mew he
0: goes mew mew
2: Mew. It's not Mew too I think I remember Mewtwo, but with Mew, I was thinking of actually the one that's part of the trio of the bad guys, but I guess that's not it.
0: Meowth. <laughs> oh, Meowth rules. Meowth, that's right. Oh, no. Wow, this is, is going to be a cursed episode <laughs> for so many reasons.
2: Curses are part of, you know, myth, legend, and folklore. So, And
0: a part of Pokemon. It's a move. <laughs> a move. A move. okay okay. so yeah they're hieroglyphics of Mew. let's get back on track (laughs) there's hieroglyphics of mew if you've seen detective pikachu there's a fantastic part where bill Nye says the ancient mew and it's like the best thing i've ever heard in my entire life i think about it all the time and so yeah there's a lot of built-in folklore about the kind of ancient pokemon and then even the pokemon battle itself you can kind of draw your own you know connections to real life historical kind of comparisons as wild as that sounds because some of the games the the pokemon battles itself are like cultural signifiers and rights so in the sun and moon games which came out a couple years ago and take place in like Guess, kind of the equivalent of Hawaii in the Pokemon worlds, you do Pokemon battles to kind of do rites of passage. So it's no, it's really rich and it's an interesting way to kind of look at it. I mean, just just to
2: backtrack a little, so of course, I think a better way for this to work since uh, I think it's been established, but I haven't got a clue. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it'll be quite interesting to have person who doesn't have a clue, asking more questions about it. That's true. (laughs) I can learn about it. The listeners can learn all about it or get mad at you or, you know, both. So these ancient Pokemon that you mentioned, are they extinct species?
0: No. Um, well, kind of. So you do have kind of extinct Pokemon, which we'll get into in the third segment that are literally called like the fossil Pokemon. And then you have ancient Pokemon that are more basically almost like gods. They're mythical, legendary Pokemon that have, you know, lived for thousands of years. And in game, they usually have like myths attached to them. And then you catch them at the end of most of the games, which I guess is kind of weird if you think about it.
2: Right, so in a way, are they like almost like in a video game boss fight, so they're they're a more powerful version of the Pokemon that you have that you can collect? Kind of, yeah. So in a way, it's just like you have, we'll say, Mew here. Yeah. There might be like an ancient Mew. There's just a cat that's really angry. Could be. And really powerful. Yeah. So not in a way, in a way, just almost like the same species, but just a a more powerful version, as opposed to, say, like, you know, the ancient, you know, the ancestor, as in like, you know, the Pokemon that you have now are sort of almost like domesticated or tamed in a way, because you are taming them. And then you have this wild.
0: I mean, it's weird because... And we can get into this a bit because there's a built-in evolution system in Pokemon. We kind of you don't really have that kind of like this is the wild variation. There's just like one species. So there's like one species of Pikachu. Although actually that's not true either because then there's regional differences. It's very complex. But yeah, I guess th- I guess there'll be adaptations to different climates. Yeah. No. And it, I think that's really interesting. I don't really know what specific game started that but basically in the last couple games it's been kind of just you kind of just assume that each new game will have its own variations of you know so Pikachu has a a evolution called Raichu who is in the original series and in the Alolan version which is like the Pokemon Hawaii he's like a cute little tan mouse that uses its tail as a surfboard so okay yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of cute and the the most recent games which we need to talk about because you would actually love it it takes place in what's basically pokemon britain so there's so much archaeology in that game any roman archaeology kind of i mean it's not you know one-to-one roman but there's some like bath exists basically
1: And for those following along, you can now mark Romans off your Archeo Animals bingo card.
0: Yay! Yay! We were saying, how are we going to get Romans into this one? Because there not necessarily...
3: I'll I'll
2: find find more ways.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'll find more ways. There'll be more. But yeah, um, in in the most recent game, Sword and Shield, do you remember coughing The big, like, purple Pokemon that, like, spewed gas. Was it like a ball? yeah yeah. it was on team rocket it was like one of team rockets pokemon yeah like a ball with like a purple hue yeah so the the variation of that in in pokemon england is it has like a top hat (laughs) (laughs) it's extremely good i'll have to send you a picture later but yeah so there's a lot of variations and things like that so it's hard to like look at pokemon like one of the things we can't really look at like we do in some of our previous episodes is kind of look at it from you know a domestication standpoint because there's no real domestication mechanic in these games there's basically your evolutions and then they might have some regional differences but they never like change morphologically because of domestication if that makes sense right (laughs) also this is a children's game
2: so. But in a way, you are like, well, it's not quite domestication, but by you having the Pokemon and battling them with other Pokemon, then they yeah. change. They So in a way, it's as a result of the, of the interaction with man that they do yeah. change and evolve. So isn't that sort of domestication?
0: I guess. Like, if you take Magikarp and you kick it, it can turn into Gyarados. Why would you kick it? I'm pretty sure that's what happens in the anime. I think someone finally kicks Magikarp and it evolves into Gyarados. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't kick it. I love Magikarp.
2: Please don't don't kick carbs, carp or any fish or animal.
0: Magic or
2: <laughs> otherwise. In general rule, like don't, don't kick animals, magical or otherwise, or fictional, please.
0: So yeah, going back a little bit, Sword and Shield, you should play it, honestly, Simona. It is, it's... Some people don't like it. I think it's a really good introduction to the series because I'm a baby and I need my handhelds when I play these games. But there's so much inspiration for British archaeology that you'll probably be able to kind of pinpoint it yourself. Like there's a town called Turfield that has a geoglyph of, of a giant Pokemon that's kind of like, you know, in England, we have a couple of geoglyphs, including the Uffington White Horse or the uh, Curnatus Giant. So that's a really cool kind of reference. So, like, are they looking like
2: akin to them? So, like, in chalk?
0: Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs>
2: oh, I've actually seen yeah. neither of those things. I've driven past Uffington White Horse. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I've never oh. seen it. The other one, I've only seen photos of it because I know it's a, a lot more modern compared to the well, because the Uffington White Horse is debatably prehistoric, from what I know of it. Yeah. But the Carnabas giant, I think that post-medieval is like 18th century or something. And he just, I think every 25 years or so, he gets re-chalked. He <laughs> might as well, you know. Just to, to keep it still there, because I think it's on National Trust land. Mm, yeah. So they maintain it.
0: But, yeah, know, there's, there's a lot of... I mean, I think a couple of the games have very, like, similar stone y stuff, but this most recent game's got Standing Stones. It has literally bath, where when you go in, there's, like, it's known for its bathhouses that they don't say is Roman, but, like, it's kind of implied that it's a quote-unquote ancient civilization. And pigs. It's wonderful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, just, like, very, very random, because I've been to Bath once, and that was old, oh. 20, no, not, oh, 2008, maybe? And for some reason, I got a very vivid recollection of there being very colourful statues of pigs all over the city. No idea what the deal is with that. (laughs)
0: I've never been, so I don't know. I don't know if there's any pig statues in the Pokemon variation. Well, I'm but not sure I, whether they were, like, you know, permanently
2: there or whether that was just something they had going on for that year. Huh. But no, I was trying to find a um, pig statue's bath, and uh, I could, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there's some extremely great results for that.
2: If I, if I got this correctly, that it, that was part of the King Baladud's Pigs 2008 Sculpture Trail, a colourful trail of 100 cheeky pig sculptures. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> back to Pokemon. Yeah, back to Pokemon. Um I mean, do you have any other questions now that we've kind of talked about some of the lore stuff? I mean, so
2: like also oh, we have these depictions of Pokemon so in this all these geoglyphs and such. Yeah. Is this something then that was man-made, depicting Pokemon, or is this something the Pokemon do themselves?
0: So, basically, the kind of history between Pokemon and humans, it's very intertwined, so I guess in some ways you can kind of relate it to the way zoo archaeology looks at domestication, you know, where you have that, like, connection, that relationship that is extremely important to both species, you know, moving forward, and... There's some weird, like, I vaguely remember the whole impotence for Pokemon battles being a thing, is that it's a ritual thing that honors the first time a human being killed a Pokemon, which is extremely dark when you think about it. (laughs) But yeah, so... The history is pretty intertwined. I think it's more implied that it was human made, but it was in honor of like Pokemon, these mega Pokemon that are kind of the main part of the game. And I mean, it could be a Pokemon as well. It's very like, it's very strange because Pokemon and humans live together. Pokemon often do human type jobs as well. There's, I don't know. There's, it's. There's no real hierarchy. I feel like. Well, I guess there is. Humans are, kind of still in charge. Well, <laughs> they kind of own them and put them into balls. Yeah, it's a bit rude. Yeah, it is a bit rude. I don't know. There's, there's probably a lot of like ethical stuff we can get, We could have get into on uh, regards to Pokemon, but maybe instead we will take a break yeah i think we should take a break before we we get into an hour-long discussion on the ethical uh it's just too much knowledge i can't i can't it's too much yeah we this might be the episode to break you
2: oh oh i was broken a long time ago and with that we'll go to break
3: off your first three months or go to z-e-n-c-a-s-t-r and use the code animals join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe
0: And we are back with Argeo Animals and we are talking about Pokemon. Well, one of us is talking about Pokemon. The other one is asking a lot of questions. You can guess which one that is. And I think this segment, we're going to actually talk about specific Pokemon. And the way we've kind of done this is I've sent Simona about, I don't know, two billion photos of Pokemon that we're going to discuss. I'm going to say I am super prepared now. Yeah, no. So, I sent them in order, so we'll be able to go into them in order. I'll kind of give you the the top well, just talk a little bit about it, and Simona, if you want to give uh, your impressions of these Pokemon, and kind of, you know, what do we think zooarchaeologically we're looking at? Or archaeologically, because at some point, Pokemon just started becoming less animals and more just things. So... I think we've got a nice mix of things and Pokemon and whatever to talk about. Although I must say, like spoiler, not
2: spoiler, but come on, Pikachu! I I, I know that one. Come on! I just wanted to send you a picture of Pikachu. I mean, why not? It's I just sh- like everyone should send <laughs> photos of Pikachu to all of their friends. Yeah. Can I offer you a Pikachu in these trying
0: times? You can. <laughs> so. I think to start, I kind of wanted to look at some Pokemon that are literal artifacts. Uh, They're basically just archaeology themselves. So I think the first one I thought of, and Simona has this picture, uh, so you can give us your thoughts, is called Yamask. So Yamask is a ghost type, and it's originally based on Egyptian death masks, sword and shield, has introduced a new variation. It's still called Yamask, but instead of a Egyptian death mask, it's holding a runestone. And it's specifically based on the Ingvar runestones. Now Yamask can evolve into Kophagaris, which is based on Egyptian sarcophagi. That's terrifying. It, yeah it's It's the sarcophagus with hands. <laughs> It's a bit much. I'm kind of glad I wasn't a kid when this game uh, came out because that would have terrified me. I was already pretty scared of like Haunter. So (laughs) it's pretty terrifying. So then the Sword and Shield version can evolve into Runarigris, which is based again on the Ingvar Star stones. It's just slightly more built up. So Simona, what do you think of these as an archaeologist?
2: I mean, so like, so the first stage yeah. of the, the animal, the creature, do they drop the stone and mask on people? Is that their attack? They just, poof, just throw a boulder at them. What do they
0: do? I don't think so. It's just, they just hold it. It's hard because in the games, there, there isn't much by way of, you know, Unique animation being drawn. So a lot of these Pokemon, regardless of what they look like, are doing the same motions, and that has not changed since. you know. Okay, so to me,
2: like both versions, we're, we're just going to set aside that they're carrying object for objects for no apparent reason. It looks like a chameleon. That's forgotten yeah. its body. I see that. It's a, a chameleon head with a tail and hands that what. That look a bit like the inside of my clothes pegs. I mean Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> thinking, in terms of skeletal structure, because I, I guess that the hands don't really or the front the paws don't really move, so are they sort of ossified in place? There's not much of a joint going on. I mean, I think they're just ghosts. <laughs> So it's not made of bones at all. It's just a, a thing.
0: No, I think this is a good example of what I think a lot of these kind of Pokemon are going to end up being, which are literal artifacts and not necessarily zoo archaeology. But I felt like we had to talk about them because it's hard. We can't talk about archaeology and Pokemon without talking about the actual artifact based Pokemon. You know what I mean?
2: So, so you're telling me that if someone sort of by sheer luck at an archaeological site was to dig up an Egyptian death mask, you could potentially put as an interpretation, potential Yamask.
0: Yes. (laughs) Of course.
2: Oh, that'd go down so well. Um, (laughs) I mean, like, because the other two would preserve a little bit better, because, yes, the ghostly bits, I guess, will not preserve. But then again, you just find the runestones, where you think you just found a literal runestone. Mm -hmm. And the other one, well, a sarcophagus. What would have been made of? What metal of sort? Been lead? What? uh, I'm not sure. But a metal, more chance of preserving than an immaterial being. So,
0: yeah, probably. I mean, I guess this gets more into kind of what would the archaeology of ghosts and possessed objects be. But I don't think we have time for that. Let Let's not. Yeah. We can move on to the next one, though. Uh, so the next kind of artifact-based Pokemon that I picked out is called Baltoy, and it evolves into Claydol, and they're both based on the Shokoki Dogu, apologies if I pronounce that completely wrong, clay figures from the Joman period of Japan. Uh, unsurprisingly, obviously, Pokemon is a Japanese franchise, so there are a lot of Japanese historical objects being referenced in both the lore and the actual Pokemon themselves. So yeah, again, this is probably another artifact you would find, not necessarily <laughs> a skeletal thing. Because yeah, it's a well
2: clay doll. I guess that the name sort of gives it away. I mean, they look like little owls. They do. Especially actually, it, it looks like an owl that's winking at you. Oh yeah, that's actually kind of cute. Owl. And uh, so I guess you'll just, yeah, you might just find the little, well, clay object. So, you know, someone, you know, like those intellectuals would go say, oh, that's just the Shikoki dogu
0: clay figurine. No, it's a clay doll. Hello? Yeah, basically, we're just daring uh, archaeological students to write this on their next midterm. <laughs> kind of in the same vein, we have the next set. So we have Bro- Bronzong, which is based on the Do- the otaku bells from the Yoyoi era of Japan. And its uh, prior form, bronzor, is based on bronze mirrors, which are actually often buried alongside these bells by village priests. So that's actually a really interesting kind of nod to the actual archaeology itself, which I don't necessarily think you see in some of these other kind of examples.
2: No, no, not say I'm familiar.
0: Yeah, and this ne- this last one is the last kind of more material thing, and then we'll get into examples that probably have a bit more to do with the but again, just needed to kind of touch on these because I think it would be hard for us to not talk about them. Uh, the, the last one I picked out is called Siglif, and it's based on the Nazca Lines in Peru. And I guess we could probably make a case for this being a bird.
2: <laughs> well, it. Looks like a bird to me. It's a very pretty bird.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting looking Pokemon. Uh, I think it's really cool to look at. But that what confuses me is that because you think,
2: okay, so compare it, compare it to the Nazca bird. So you'll have the top that yeah. looks like a beak and then maybe the head with the eye. But then it's got two eyes a little bit further down. So it's yeah. in the, the ball that is the torso, is that the actual head? And the and the feathers and the bit that looks like a beak and that is actually like a, a, a some sort of headgear. Like maybe it's a
0: false. Like, you know, those birds that have feathers that look like eyes.
2: Or maybe it, that's actually its tactic because while you're there trying to work out what his head is, it kills you.
0: <laughs> this is true. As we all know, Pokemon are out to kill you.
2: I mean, in a battle, I mean, I guess they don't kill each other. They just really hurt they each faint. other they think oh that's that's better
0: yeah speaking of things that are a little bit better let's get to kind of i mean the main pokemon the one we all know and most of us love simona what what do you think is inside pikachu (laughs) what do you think pikachu is made out of (laughs) well well i think it's like
2: fairly bit of a given that it looks very much like a rodent. Yeah. Because the skull isn't very rodent-like. And then I had a bit of a theory for it, but you kind of destroyed it in the first segment. Because in a way, it almost looks... Because, you know, like when an animal gets domesticated, the eyes tend to get a bit larger. yeah. So, like, to me, it just seems like, you know, that through domestication, they started to acquire traits... Yeah, that make them look, well, not necessarily more pleasing to human eye. That's that's not quite the right term.
0: You I know, get you know, what you mean, it, though. Yeah.
2: Eyes and heads. You do see that in domestication. So that's the first thing that pops to mind to me. That is just a, a domesticated version of a rodent of some description. That really has
0: had some some trouble with its tail. I mean, to be fair, we haven't in the games and the anime we haven't actually gone back that far so i don't know if you have caught up or heard the news but they announced a new pokemon game that is going to take place in feudal japan and it's basically like the furthest back we've gone in the games which is going to be really interesting i'm really excited for it but i mean you know a lot of the stuff that they talk about in game is all kind of conjecture and based on, you know, the archaeology. So realistically, though, we don't necessarily know if, you know, the Pikachu from a thousand years ago is the Pikachu that we have now. So, I mean, it could be right. Sorry,
2: Bastet like out at the same time as if in agreement.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel, well, I feel like Bastet would be very interested in a rodent like Pikachu. So, you yeah, know, in her belly, probably yeah right? but i mean there's probably some interesting kind of structural morphology going on i mean pikachu stands most pikachu can run on four legs but mostly stands on his hind legs but i, guess I mean also do that they, they can stand up and like they'll they walk on four legs but they can stand true. up. true yeah and i mean i think the P- I think pikachu like the one from the anime, so Ash's Pikachu, I think is the only real Pikachu that kind of walks on two legs, so that could also be a case for the domestication argument. It's a
2: because also it's, it seems to be the one companion all the way across, like all the other Pokemon evolve, and even though Pikachu does have evolutions, he never
0: evolves. Well, that's because uh, Ash is selfish. self I tried. Uh... Anyway, <laughs> I mean, we also, I mean, Peach also generates electricity, so I don't know what that would actually do morphologically.
2: Um, 42. <laughs> it's going to be a lot
0: of, like, uh, <laughs> going on, because some of these uh, creatures can do extremely strange things with their bodies. I'm interested to
2: see the morphology of the caudal vertebrae because of the zigzag pattern.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. So, um, I wonder, like, yeah, how do you recreate that in vertebrae? I format? mean,
0: I wonder if it'd have to be kind of some of the vertebrae would have to be kind of malformed, or at least malformed in the way we think of vertebrae to get that, like, shape properly. But oh, maybe
2: cartilage. So, like, you have, you know, like, mm-hmm. a, a yeah. vertebrae, and then the cartilage at the turn. And then another round of fur to bring, and then cartilage again.
0: There's also a case of sexual dimorphism in Pikachu, because female Pikachu have, like, a heart-shaped tail. Of course they do. Yeah, you know, because we couldn't put them all in bows and eyelashes and whatever whatever cartoons do to do that. I would have expected at least a nice pink ribbon. (sighs) I want to dress up a Pikachu in a little ribbon. That'd be cute. Anyway, let's go to our next... Pokemon, if you're satisfied with our archaeological breakdown of Pikachu, we could do the saddest Pokemon of all time, Cubone. It's just literally a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
2: Okay, Cubone. Cubone. Oh, Cudlin.
3: Cubone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you not remember Cubone? Sure, why not? So, Cubone goes cute, Cubone. <laughs>
1: I prefer some what is pronunciation for Cup 1. Cup one. <laughs> Hi, this is, a, this is a great, this is a great new Pokemon, Cub 1.
2: There you go, this could be the, oh, new, the new episode. Just, Simona renames the Pokemon.
0: I mean, yeah, we probably should have just done that instead of this. But <laughs> Cubone's really interesting. Not if only because it literally wears a skull on his head so if you don't know the the lore of cubone the idea is that cubone wears the skull of their mothers on its head that's the whole thing how how does that fit i mean is it a juvenile is it an adult well this is the the first evolution cubone eventually evolves into marowak who is also wearing the skull but the skull kind of gets shaped differently it fits more securely around its head and it like slightly changes shape so i guess the idea is that it's growing into the skull but then it's like so if we found a deceased cubones like a skeletal cubone do we find its skull within this bigger skull i mean i guess so it'd be very interesting and it's also just kind of weird like what would you say cubone is because you know you look at pikachu and you're like that's like a mouse cubone is it a lizard
1: is it a dog? I always thought it was like a marsupial. Yeah, I, I
0: can see that.
2: I thought it looked very sort of dinosaur-like to me, but of course, you know, the... Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking of. The skull uh, on its head isn't helping. But then, of course, you know, it doesn't seem particularly scaly or anything. I'm not sure what's going on with the feet. They seem to have just the one toe, like, horses. <laughs> They've got um, these little hooves. And uh, well, I mean, what's most interesting about it, it just seems to be able to use tools. So, you know, that's, that's interesting. I'm not sure what bone it's holding. I guess it's meant to be a femur.
0: Yeah, probably a femur. But is it also supposed to be the femur of its mother?
2: I've got, no, no, actually no. I said I've got so many questions. No, I don't. No.
0: <laughs> you just Maybe it's better if we just don't figure that out. So does
2: someone, he, he whacks other Pokemons with his dead mother's femur?
0: Yeah, and then it becomes Marowak. Get it? Yes, Marowak. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to a less cute and sad Pokemon. This is Vullaby. It's arguably one of the ugliest Pokemon I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, I thought it was called v- Vullaby. I mean, that might be a better pronunciation. I don't think I've actually ever heard this one pronounced out loud. <laughs> so it's just very ugly.
2: I- I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, I'm doing my interpretive reading of it, I don't you worry about it.
0: It's very ugly. It's a vulture, so that's pretty easy, if you think about it. <laughs> so it's a vulture. Is it still sat in half of its
2: egg? Yeah. It looks like eggshell. Look looks almost like a diaper, and it's got like a little heart on it.
0: Yeah. It is basically a diaper. It's a vulture baby. I mean, I'm kind of more interested in the archaeology of Pokemon eggshells, because there's a lot of Pokemon that are kind of eggs. I mean, Pokemon come from eggs that's established in the game, and... They're they're ovary, like, all of them. Yeah. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's... But then you can also breed Pokemon. I don't know, it's very confusing. I think I've broken your brain with this one. I guess what you breed them, so like that almost the breeding
2: will ensure that when they lay eggs, they're already fertilized. I guess.
0: And then you That's have the chicken. Yeah. And then I guess there's, because uh, my kind of, cause I guess, concern was, you know, is there a archaeology of Pokemon eggshells? Because I know there's some people into archaeology who uh, actually do look at eggshells. I believe a friend of the pod, I guess. Oh, uh Dr. Emily Johnson, I know she's done a project before looking at eggshells. So I'm very interested in the idea of being able to kind of tell the different eggs of Pokemon apart.
2: But then, yeah, like one thing that I want you to have a good think about over the next break, we're going to have in a minute. So the ghost fella that you mentioned earlier, I want to know how that comes out of an egg. You got an egg and the, uh, the egg comes a ghost. Just, just let let's focus about that.
0: Okay, let's take a break. Focus on that, and maybe start writing some angry letters to Nintendo.
3: You may have heard my pitch for membership. It's a great idea and really helps out. However, you can also support us by picking up a fun T-shirt, sticker, or something from a large selection of items from our T Public Store. Head over to arcpodnet.com/shop for a link. That's arcpodnet.com/shop to pick up some fun swag and support the show.
1: Or make it double. To protect the world from devastation.
0: To unite all peoples within our nation.
1: To denounce the evils of truth and love.
0: To extend our reach to the stars above.
1: Jesse. James. Team Rocket blasts off at the speed of light.
0: Surrender now or prepare to fight.
1: Meowth, that's right.
0: (laughs) Man, we we should have been voiceover artists. Totally. Anyway, we are back, and the remnants of Simona's brain is back. The equivalent to Ditto,
2: I believe it's called. Yeah, th- that's me right now.
0: <laughs> I love Ditto. So Ditto is a very interesting one, and this will... I, I think everyone, we're going to try and break your brain brain a little bit more. So Ditto is basically a blob, right? <laughs> it's basically else. a blob, right? I know what you're saying. Blobs don't have don't- bones. but Ditto can turn into anything! So now what? Now what, Simona?
2: It's cartilage or some some sorcery.
0: Yeah, because like, I think when Ditto faints, it reverts back to Ditto. But if we pretend that it it dies however form it wants, like, what do you even find?
2: I mean, I guess you can use the, the trope that's often used sort of in sci-fi movies. So, so like when you have creatures or aliens that shape shift, there'll be always something that's slightly
0: off in the morphology. True. So Ditto, you know that like really interesting face Ditto has? <laughs> so that face is basically, anytime Ditto turns into something else, it usually will have that face still. It's a face of pure evil. It's very good, actually. (laughs) Hot take. It's very good, actually. So, you know, you can be wrong sometimes. It's fine. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. This one's probably easier. Magikarp slash Gyarados. Also, the the most abused of the Pokemon. I love Magikarp. I would never kick Magikarp to make it evolve into Gyarados. They're both basically fish, I guess, but... I I want to take this time to kind of... Let's kind of sit back and think. Magikarp evolves into Gyarados. What the heck is happening internally to that skeleton when it changes? (laughs) Simona, please stay with me. We can make it to the end of this episode. (laughs) Because just they look almost
2: nothing (laughs) alive you you, you kick it and it gets really angry so it's like it's just a happy little carp it's not the the origin story for like Jörmungandr yeah it it was just the carp and the thought and then Thor kicked it and it just got really angry
0: yeah yeah I can see that it's just it's it's so funny because like if you look at the first couple Pokemon which are you know Bulbasaur and Squirtle and Charmander those evolutions make sense they're literally getting bigger. So you're like, okay, you know, they evolve, a.k.a. they get older, they get bigger. And then then you have Magikarp and Gyarados, which are Magikarp is getting bigger when it evolves, but it's like a completely different thing.
2: The caudal fin changes direction entirely. Okay, that could get twisted, I suppose. But then you have a lot more vertebrae, just like a lot more vertebrae.
0: Yeah, you know when you get older and you just gain like a hundred times the amount of vertebrae you used to have.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a Thursday for me. On Thursdays, I grow vertebrae.
0: Ah, great, great shirt. We're just adding to our repertoire of T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, okay. Let's we'll we'll bring it back a bit. Okay, we'll go from this extremely weird one to one of the last ones before we hit our paleontology okay, you, section. It,
2: you're oh, sorry. sorry to tell me how ghostly fella comes out of a neck. <laughs> <laughs> they just do, Simona. Listen,
0: we can't That's explain anything. Ghostly fella. ghostly fella, Yamask, Yamask. But also like. Gengar and like Haunter also come out of an egg. All the ghosts come out of eggs. Mm. Do you got a problem with that, Simona?
2: <laughs> You're like, Your house is haunted, stop eating eggs. <laughs> <laughs> the eggs summon them. <laughs>
1: I like the fact that there are so many other suspensions of disbelief that you have to have with Pokemon, and the one that you're worried about is eggs. I mean, it's like the most basic one, you know? I mean, there, there's a mouse that shoots lightning bolts. I'm pretty sure the, uh, the like the progenitor of all Pokemon is some like, little tiny, tiny creature. And there's like a Pokemon that controls time. I mean... I mean, eggs are, like, really low down on the scale of, like, things that are unbelievable in the oh, real world. well, not
2: I... for me they aren't. I'm
0: just, i <laughs> very personally. Uh, we're going to be recording our next episode and Simona's still going to be on this egg thing. all <laughs> you killed your eggs. Simona, all, all the parts of this episode are just about Pokemon eggs. We're not talking about bird eggs or anything.
1: Yeah, let's not mention executor to her, okay?
0: Oh no, <laughs> those aren't even eggs. That's the weirdest part. Eggs that aren't eggs. It's called executor. They look like eggs, but they're actually seeds.
2: Sorry, if you say executors, the the only executors that are valid to me are the ones of higher powers from across the sea. They're a faction in the Dragon Age franchise. Okay, let's move.
0: Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm not that much of a nerd, so... (laughs) So, so, she...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Says Alex Fitzpatrick, who has literally done how many video games... I mean, this podcast has practically turned into a video game podcast. We're going to go
0: back to real archaeology soon, okay?
1: Sure, sure. (laughs) So, so we've only just touched Magikarp. I'm sure there's more podcast. Uh, there's more podcasts. Oh god, there's more Pokemon that can be discussed when it comes to the zoo archaeology of Pokemon. Is there not?
0: Yeah, I want to talk about rubbish, <laughs> <laughs> Trubbish and Garbodor, Sabota. These are literal bags of trash. <laughs> What's that zoo archaeology like? Rubbish. Yeah, I mean to be fair, actually, I, I I threw this in as a joke because I've been referred to as human trubbish before, but I realized that it basically would be like doing an archaeology of middens, so it kind of worked. So again, on
2: your paperwork, okay. So you, if you're digging a refuse pit, yeah, yeah. So interpretation, yeah, yeah. trubbish,
0: trubbish, or if it's a really big one, garbador.
2: Okay, so Trubbish is the little one that looks a bit like a bunny that has seen things. Yeah. (laughs) And Garbodor looks like the bigger thing that also looks like it's seen things. I mean, if you were literally covered in rubbish, I mean, I would be pretty exasperated myself.
0: Trubbish is me on a good day, and Garbodor is me on every other day. The best thing is that in Sword and Shields, they introduce mega- like these mega evolutions, Gigantamax, and it, the the all the Pokemon get really big when you use them as a like a part of the battle. And if you do a Gigantamax version of Garbodor, it, it becomes a massive pile of garbage that includes like a cruise ship in it. So it's like Domstador? Yeah, it rules. I, I love I love them. But yeah, so this has been the part of the episode where I just break your brain, but I promise. To end this episode, we're going to go to something slightly more more grounded, and I mean that literally, because we're going to talk about fossils. That also come out of eggs. Ye- no. No, they don't. Okay. See, we're going to get grounded. This, there's some real... Can't, can't wait. So, you're telling me that they changed their entire reproductive structure just halfway through? No, okay. Here's the thing. So, the fossil Pokemon are literal fossils. So, in each game, it, they're kind of a staple in the games. So, in each game, you can find these fossils and then you g- bring them back to research labs in the game and they revive them into Pokemon that you could use for battle. Because that's exactly what you do if you did like the de- extinction of these animals, you would immediately force them into battle for yourself
2: i mean if they were anything like you'd you probably try and eat them
0: how dare you but fair (laughs) oh we're not going to get into the edibility of some of these these pokemon we don't have time no 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 no. but the nice thing i will say the nice thing about the fossil pokemon is that they're they're pretty like one-to-one with a lot of like Real life fossils, so just gotta kind of go through the list. And again, Simona has pictures of these, so you can give us your thoughts as we go through them. Because I think the archaeology are kind of self-explanatory, but I think it's just interesting to look at, you know, what they're based on. So the first one we got a little blue friend, um, mite which is based on ammonite. This one's cute. I like this one. Yes, very cute. I love armadite.
2: Extremely cute. The little feet almost look like a mustache.
0: I know, right? I like that. It's a it's a nice character design, and it it, it does look like an abnormite more or less. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I see that. Now the next one, Kabuto. Okay, Kabuto. Not as nice.
2: Yeah, trilobite. Trilobite. Yeah, haunting. Are the eyes the, the red ones? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, a bit haunting. Also, it's a trilobite that's like mixed with a horseshoe crab, which again, we'll see that kind of more often as we go through these fossil Pokemon. They're very much mixed with other things. Although the next one, again, very one-to-one, Aerodactyl. I mean, that's a dinosaur. There's like a Pterodactyl that's a dragon. Pterosaur. Yeah. I never really liked Aerodactyl. I don't know. It's weird looking. So you get Aerodactyl, which is a cool, I guess, weird looking, but also cool looking. And then they're like, OK, what are we going to do next for the fossil Pokemon? Let's do a sea anemone. It's a crinoid mixed with a sea anemone and it's called Lalit. I don't like it. No, it I don't like it. It's
2: looks like one of, those stories, one of those stories that wouldn't be out of place in a haunted house.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like it either. Next we have Aneristh. Which is like a tri- again, a trilobite mixed with an anomalocaris and a brine shrimp. I don't know why it mixed up with a brine shrimp, but whatever. Why not? I mean, it looks like it's got weapons. This one, are they the eyes? I think it's is it steel type. I don't know. I think it's rock type with something else. I can't remember what. But yeah, and then we start getting into the next couple are basically just dinosaurs. So you have Cronidos, which is basically a a dinosaur,
2: more specifically. Oh, I, w- I was going to say which dinosaur, but
0: it's like, oh, I know this one. Micropachycephalosaurus. I looked it up. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would never guess that. The next one from that is called Shilodon. Oh. It is a ceratopsian dinosaur mixed with a shield.
2: <laughs> yes, but see, yeah, it is like a triceratops. Yeah. But it's got an actual shield yeah i mean i guess you'd find the shield for that one i mean like how does a a metal fossilize does whatever it it wouldn't really fossilize it's not organic in nature but i guess what's the preservation that because of course we don't really have sort of wrought worked metal artifacts that are old enough to be fossils yeah for obvious reasons
0: yeah well the next one's really easy it's called tortuga it's a it's a big sea turtle (laughs) Protostega, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And the one after that is actually really interesting. It's called Archin. And it's basically, I guess, what you would say is a dinosaur these days, now that we know a little bit more about them. And then the next one after that, I think, is the laziest. It's called Tyrant. I can take a guess of what you think this one's based on Tyrannosaurus Rex mixed with a Gorgosaurus. (laughs) And yeah. And then the last one. Amora. I've literally never seen this one before in my life. It's a sauropod. I don't like it. It's too babyish. I don't know. <laughs> to wrap up this episode, just real quick, I think I just want to leave everyone on a weird kind of vibe. The most recent game mixed up this formula with the fossils. You could literally mix and match them. You get four different fossils, a bird, a fish, a drake, and a dinosaur. And instead of reviving one, you can mix and match them to make four different fossil types dracozolt dracovitch arctozolt and arctovich also technically they're actually based on an actual hoax known as the piltdown man in 1912 archaeologist charles dawson used human and orangutan remains to create his own missing link ancient human and it was only revealed to be a hoax in 1953 this happened in england so yeah kind of based on true events but also no we hate this I think that's a great place to to end this extremely upsetting episode for all of us. Are you still stuck on the egg thing?
1: Did somebody use confusion on Simona? Oh, maybe she'll snap out of confusion after a couple of turns.
0: All right. Well, I'll I'll wrap up the episode if Simona's still in confusion, or oh, she might have fainted by now. We can always use a revive on her, but.
1: I'm going to repel your jokes, honestly.
0: For those of you who are still listening to this podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Archeo Animals. We're on Facebook at Archeo Animals as well. You can subscribe to us, tell other people to subscribe to us. Rate us, review us, all the other fun stuff. Tell me all the things that I personally got wrong about Pokemon. I'm sure there's a lot. Send Simona your condolences as her brain is irrevocably broken. But from this episode, and yeah, I think that's about it. Simona, are you still there? I think she's crying. Helgen, hashtag Ghost Egg. See you, folks. Bye.
2: <laughs> Thank you for listening to RQ Animals. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us on Twitter at RQ Animals. Also, the views expressed on the podcast are those of ourselves, the hosts and guests, and do not necessarily represent those of our institution, employers, and the archeology Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
0: Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.
3: Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw.